Good morning. Um, I want to bow our heads in prayer and just thank God for this morning. Heavenly Father, ah, it brings such a smile to my face to be here and to sing the words, O Christ be magnified, and to hear such wonderful voices and music all proclaiming the same thing. So Lord, thank you for every person who's here this morning. Thank you for being a God who's alive, and that is something we can experience. Amen. So I hear that this summer in Chapel Roswell, y'all are talking about cruising through the sea. Um, So it seems like a very appropriate time to share this story that I acquired over the past, about a few months ago in February, about a boat failure. Honestly, the boat didn't fail, but we failed the boat. Um, I was traveling with one of my best friends in Chile and her family, and we were staying in this cabin and decided to commit to a four-hour car ride to go to a port called Puerto Fui to take this beautiful cruise. It's like on a ferry boat, not quite this level of cruise ship, but a nice little ferry through a very scenic lake, stop at an island, have some lunch, and enjoy the beautiful cruise back, and then four hours drive back to the cabin. So we get there after four hours, did I say four hours driving to this port, get up to buy our tickets and discover that they were sold out that day. And you could not possibly buy tickets for the next day. No, you could only buy tickets for the boat the morning of. So we talked about various ideas, you know, does somebody camp out here and we all drive back to the cabin and come back for that person and our tickets the next day, but... We decided not to. We decided to stay together as a family and started the four-hour journey back. And on the way back, we stopped for a really hot picnic in like the strong sun, um, which was fine. And then we stopped to buy some goggles for my friend's eight-year-old and four-year-old niece, and that was fine. And then we got back to the cabin and swam in the little pool, and that was fine. And as we're sitting at the dinner table at the end of the day, Anais, her eight-year-old niece, speaks up. Today was the best day ever, she said. (laughs) And we all looked at her, and I think I spoke the words, uh, why? She said, because we drove together, we ate together, we shopped together, and we swam together. We were together all day long. And that moment was part of a divine call I received at the beginning of the semester that was stick together. And at first I thought, oh, how beautiful. This is going to be a semester of feeling like I belong and feeling really part of a group. But then I began to consider the implication of the phrase stick together. When is it that somebody tells you, All right, now everybody stick together. (laughs) I think of my first international mission trip to Kenya. Every time we got off a moving vehicle, stick together, make sure you have a buddy. Or like when you go to a concert or an amusement park and there's that big crowd and what does mom say or the, the leader of the group, but stick together. Or if you go swim in the ocean, you don't go alone, right? So the phrase stick together typically comes before a situation where it's really hard to stick together. It's hard to be united, or maybe it's just hard to survive alone. So whatever you do, stick together. 
So I've been serving now for almost two years in Viña del Mar, Chile. Um, that's in South America on the Pacific coast. And I live in a Spanish-speaking city that is about as populated as Atlanta, has some big buildings, and I work with a college community called El Oasis. And I have a picture of what El Oasis is. So when I say El Oasis, it's a group of people in Chile. And when I describe it to Chileans, I describe it as a college community based in Christianity. Therefore, here we accept all students of all beliefs and hope to embody Jesus' love and grace through hospitality, which often includes free food. Is there a photo that we can share of that? Yeah, so that's the group. So these are people who have accepted the invitation to a college community based in the Christian faith. But now, when I'm in the United States, I typically say, I work for a campus ministry in Chile. Um, of course, you're invited to learn more about El Oasis and what we do, our mission, our students, etc. Um, I'm not going to spend most of this morning talking about that, but if you're interested, um, come find me afterwards. I've got business cards, which are official, I guess. Um, and also, if you want to stick around for lunch downstairs, I'm having a lunch to share a bit more about what that ministry is and some things to celebrate. So anyway, for the next 15 or so minutes... I'd like to share with y'all a little bit about what I feel like God has been speaking to me over the past semester through Stick Together, with the hope that you may too hear some of God's anchoring truths this morning. All right, now let's stick together. <laughs> um, please get out your favorite Bible app or your Bible if you choose to do so, because we're going to read something from Matthew chapter 11. And I'm a person who likes feeling prepared, so I'm going give, to give you some time right now to pull out your Bible before I, I read the, the verses. And that's also why at the beginning of this semester, I asked God for some clarity. You know, I got the phrase, cool, stick together, but like, what is it that makes people stick together? Or in other words, like, how are we going to do this? <laughs> So unfortunately, I did not get a clear answer at the start of the year. In fact, I discovered an answer just last week. So first, God's timing is not my preference. And I found that in reflecting on a very well-known scripture, I would say, from Matthew 11. And I'd like to read first verses 25 through 26, which are also on the screens if you haven't managed to open your Bible or Bible app. It starts. This is a prayer. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. So I'm going to pause right there and share a paraphrase version that I've created which is, thank you, God, master, and creator for this situation that is frustrating me. Yes, yes, I know it is your will. Now, this is the Mary paraphrase version, and it's based on my perception of the context beforehand, which is a very frustrating interaction of Jesus with a population of Jewish people who don't seem to quite grasp the truth of Jesus but rather spend their time complaining about their disappointment or criticizing the way that they think Jesus should be. Here, 
I read this as Jesus choosing to stick together with the Father. But sticking together with God is a messy business. Let's go on. The final verse starts with, All things have been committed to me, Jesus, by my Father. No one knows the Son except through the Father, except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Now it's even messier, right? We've got three parties going on. And here is also an acknowledgement of the absolutely necessary interdependence, for better or worse. Interdependence to me is an anxiety-ridden invitation. And I imagine it's that way for many of my more independent-minded friends. Still, I think it's a kingdom-filled invitation that flows naturally when approached from a position of humility or a position of recognizing that someone else may be more appropriate or may be willing to help and even might enhance the beauty and the quality of what it is you would like to accomplish. To clarify, in these verses, we witness an interdependence between Jesus and the Father, who are on the same playing field. And this semester, I experienced some interdependency between those people on the same playing field because we had some challenges on our team that made us very aware of our weaknesses. For instance, within the same two-week period, one teammate, or a team of five, one teammate had emergency surgery for appendicitis, and two other teammates came down with the flu. So now three of the, the five are gone. That leaves two of us, me and my teammate, Vicky, to run our Thursday night event where we go to a restaurant, have snacks, lead a game, have conversation groups, give a talk, and typically have someone managing the food, managing the technology, managing the conversation groups, and managing, well, giving the talk. So now from four people, because typically there's four of us on that night, we have two so Vicky and I look to each other and say, help, we need help. So we called on our students. From a position of humility, lowering the hierarchy, we look to our students who are also very capable human beings who love and serve and lead well to help us. And so three girls showed up a few hours before the event and they helped to drive, they helped to organize and helped to serve throughout the event. And we stuck together the whole evening. That's what interdependence does. Now, Jesus sticking to the Father is good news for us because it means that those who recognize Jesus can then also know the Father. But what exactly does that mean or what does that look like? Let's read the next verse, verse 28, which says, Come to me. All of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. So another thing that helps people stick together is traveling at a common pace. Jesus says, come and I will give you rest. That's a slow pace. This past week, I was at a missions conference with people from a lot of different countries. And a group of five of us went out for a walk. And among this group was a very tall, white American man and a short Indian young lady. 
Now his walking pace was like 200% times the speed of her walking pace. But even when he tried to walk a little bit slower and she tried to walk a little bit quicker, we still divided. There was no hope for this group to stay united and quickly we were two different groups. Now perhaps you've had a similar experience, maybe with a family member or a coworker. This is a photo of my team. Aren't we cute? That's Ellie, going from the left to right. Ellie, Greg, Vicky, Mary, and Koke. These are the people I worked with this past semester, and they're wonderful, but we're all very different people. And I found myself frustrated several times. Yeah, frustrated for some differences in personalities, but there were a lot of things that hit our team hard this year. I think we took turns between COVID, having family members pass away, the flu, appendicitis, various colds, and other like normal life things that made it hard for us to carry on our roles and responsibilities as often and as dedicated as we would like. And when so many of those responsibilities are shared in a team, when one person can't do their part, then the other person has to wait. And there are several responses to this situation. I've tried them all. One is to bug them with text messages. Can you just do that one thing? I just, I need it right now. Or two, just get angry at their lack of ability to fulfill their responsibility. I don't recommend the first two options. The third one, though, is to recognize that they need to slow down. And since we're on the same team, I need to slow down too. So I take this Jesus, this call, come to Jesus quite personally. Come and rest. Or at the very least, come and slow down. Jesus doesn't move quickly. And we can stick together much more peacefully if we travel at the same pace. Jesus' pace. But I can think of one exception, and that's puzzles. I'm a big fan of jigsaw puzzles. And puzzles are a clear example of the beauty that results from sticking together. In fact, we could see this prophetic sticking together word of God like a puzzle maker putting the image on the, the finished image of the puzzle on the outside of the box and saying basically to the puzzle doer, this is the beauty that will result from your perseverance. <laughs> and this year, due to some extra luggage space and some new Chilean friends who've gotten to know me well, we have a growing collection of puzzles at El Oasis. One thing that I've learned is that people stick together when they're working on a puzzle. For one obvious reason. You've got to remain close to the table because that's where the pieces of the puzzle are. But there's a second, not so obvious reason. It's a safe and controlled environment where the mission is clear and everyone has a sense of purpose. Plus, there's this frequent celebration when someone fits the piece in, regardless of if it was you or another person, we've all gotten a step closer to finishing the puzzle. So where am I going with this? Let's return back to the scripture one more time to finish the final verses in chapter, uh, verse 29 and 30. After Jesus' invitation to come and rest, he adds a clarifying detail 
of what this invitation to rest is and says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This truly is the secret to sticking together. Take Jesus' yoke upon you. For those who need a reminder, a yoke is a harness which, in which two animals are tied together to pull together. One thing I just learned is that one harness is typically for the larger, stronger, and more experienced animal, and the other is for the younger animal so that it can be trained by its mentor. Earlier this week, as I was writing my talk, I was driving through the back roads of Kentucky, looking out the window, and we passed many cows. But picture this. This is real. A group of eight cows standing together, shoulder to shoulder, in a pool of water. Now, if you're like me, you're now imagining what would happen if I push one over. Domino effect? Like a big splash there at the end? But if you're not like me, maybe you're still focused on the verse we just read, and you're imagining, smiling perhaps, that you're one of those cows, and you're yoked together with Jesus, the strong cow, and now your burden is light. Your anxiety is calmed. Your speed and direction depend on Jesus, and he's even carrying the heavy burden. So at the beginning of this semester, my question was, how can we stick together? This, I learned, was based on an assumption that stick together referred to staying united with my teammates, but also with my family, my friends, my students, my church, and that's a lot of yokes pulling in different directions. That's exhausting. And maybe you've lived that or are living that. Maybe within the same week, like me, you have three students seeking out for one-on-one time about a problem that's overwhelming them. And a church asked me to lead a service project. And my roommate needs me to finish rent paperwork. And some friends invite me to a movie night. And other friends want to know what my current stance is on some issue. And teammates ask if I can prepare questions for the next event. And my family wants to talk to me. These are all amazing things. They're really good things. So now with my furthered wisdom, I reflect back on stick together, but ask with whom? Because that answer is Jesus. Stick to Jesus. Take his yoke and learn from him. Because if I take on the yoke of Jesus, and my teammates take on the yoke of Jesus, and my family takes on the yoke of Jesus, and my friends, and my students, and my church, then we're a beautiful row of cows in the middle of the Kentucky back road, sipping water and cooling our feet, and resting our souls on the easy yoke of Jesus. Together. And as Anais so wonderfully said a few months ago, Today could be the best day ever because we listened together, we sang together, we ate together, we learned together, 
and maybe we even laughed together. We were together all morning long. But I don't want to leave you with this, with this semi-unrealistic image of everyone sticking together like cows in Kentucky. <laughs> no. I want you to close your eyes. Really, close your eyes with me right now. And imagine all of those yokes that you're wearing. There's the work yoke, the family yoke, the political yoke, the friends yoke, the financial yoke, yes, even the church yoke. Take them off, the family yoke, the church yoke, the financial yoke, the political yoke, the friends yoke. Now, imagine this beautiful yoke of Jesus and put it on. And let's ask the Father together. Lord, God, God Almighty, thank you for Jesus that he has come and is still here carrying our heavy burden and is giving us a space to carry the light burden and walk with him. Lord God, I ask that you teach us the ways of Jesus, the ways that he handles disunity and sticking together, therefore. Lord, we need you. We need help to trust in you. So as we settle into this new, maybe new yoke, give us peace, give us rest as you've so often promised and fill us with gratitude for your, your spirit and your love. Amen.